0: Hey, hey, this is Tariqa Wheeler and you are listening to another episode of the Professional DNA Podcast. I am super excited that you joined me today. You know, as your career and mindset strategist, I am really, really excited about your growth. I'm excited about everything that you're doing in your career. And today we are going to dig into performance. That's right end-of-year performance reviews are right around the corner, especially if you're listening to this episode um, as we are closing out November and coming into December. And I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready for your year in performance review, rather if it is an official one that your company has, or if you have to create one yourself. That's right. So that's what we're digging into today. Today's episode is all about how do you prepare for end of your performance reviews, whether if your company has one or not. Get your notebook. You know you're going to need it. We're going to take some amazing notes today. I've got some great things to share with you so that you can leverage this opportunity for your advancement and your growth. You guys ready? All right, let's do it. All right, guys, let's jump on in. Let's get started. You know, many people are getting ready for performance reviews, and I'm sure you are too. And if you've never had a performance review before, it could be extremely uh, challenging. Sometimes you could feel a lot of anxiety, or perhaps your company doesn't even have them, and you're like, Where do I even have the opportunity to have a formal review or formal conversation or documentation about how I'm doing as an employee, right? We're gonna change that today because I wanna give you some tips and strategies for how you can actually be prepared for your performance review. And then I wanna talk to, Those of you who maybe you actually don't have a formalized process, but how you can create your own performance review so that you can get those benefits of having the conversations. There's a couple of things because I wanted to kind of do some research around this. And there's two stats that I want to share with you that I thought were um, incredibly interesting, to be honest with you. I I really did. And I I will tell you, it kind of blew me away. So the first one, um, both of these stats come from a survey that uh, PWC. Um, did, and they're big-time uh, consulting firm, and they did this survey, and I wanted to share two stats from it, okay? So the first one is, managers spend 210 hours a year. That's a lot of time. 210 hours a year on performance reviews, and employees only spend 40 hours or less. Managers spend 210 hours per year on performance reviews. And employees spend 40 hours or less. Now you may say, duh, Tariqa, their managers, of course they're spending more time. But I'm gonna tell you that actually that 40 hours or less for employees should be much higher. And I'm gonna tell you why in just a bit, okay? I'm gonna tell you why in just a bit. The second data point that was really interesting to me, the second stat, was 80% of employees prefer immediate feedback than annual reviews. 80% of employees prefer immediate feedback to, than annual reviews and this one is interesting to me because I actually prefer immediate feedback as well like don't wait until an entire year to give me feedback however the thing that I wanted to challenge on that stat is that I would prefer the immediate feedback and the annual review Because I want the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation about overarching performance, right? Over the full year. And then performance reviews, believe it or not, are actually not just a one-way conversation. And so when you're getting feedback, oftentimes that feedback can be, a bit one way because you are on the receiving end and the person giving you feedback is providing you something that you're either accepting or dissecting into pieces that you want to accept or you're completely disregarding it if the feedback is irrelevant, (laughs) right? Which sometimes, have you ever been in a position where somebody gives you feedback and it's not that you just don't want feedback but that their feedback is completely irrelevant or doesn't make sense and you're kind of like, what are you talking about? But I will tell you, most of the time when people venture out to give you feedback, that it's constructive. And when you get that constructive feedback, it's like, okay, great. Let me take this, see where I can apply it, dissect it up into bits and pieces, you know, for what makes sense for you, what's going to serve you well. So anyways, all that to say that 80% of employees prefer immediate feedback than actual annual reviews. I'm, I'm challenging that today because I think that you want to be in the driver's seat. And believe it or not, performance reviews are an opportunity for you to jump out of the back seat or the passenger seat and get into the driver's seat. And you may say, Tarika, none of my performance reviews have gone this way. That ends today. <laughs> that ends today because you should be driving your performance review. Yes, there's a standard process. There's a standard set of questions. A lot of times, companies have a, uh, a, a self review or self assessment that you do ahead of time and you put it into the computer. And then they do an assessment. You guys kind of come together and you get to see what their feedback is around your goals and things of that nature. And that's all great and dandy that there's that formal process. But I'm talking about the non formal pieces, right? Not the system, not the computer system, but how you are going to advocate and position yourself in your performance review. I want you in the driver's seat, okay? I want you in the driver's seat. So today, let's dig into that a bit. Uh, One thing that I've already kind of alluded to, but that I want to remind you about is that performance reviews, year-end performance reviews are two-way. They are a two-way conversation. So while you are receiving feedback, while you are receiving information from your supervisor or management team you know however the structure is set up it's also an opportunity for you to engage in conversation and to use it as an opportunity to highlight accomplishments that I would say highlight accomplishments that directly impact and or align with the company's either strategic plan or their bottom line now, again, accomplishments, which we're going to talk about those in a bit, I don't want you to hone in on everything. But what I really want you to do is be strategic. And in being strategic, you're going to really pull out a couple to highlight, right, that are in alignment directly with your company's strategic plan, their goals, their core values, what have you. But again, it's a two-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. It's not meant for you to just sit and listen to their assessment of your performance. It's meant for you to have a conversation about that performance, right? So I think those that piece is really, really key to understand, especially as I take you through the steps, the steps for how to prepare for your end of year performance review, okay? So let's jump right in. We're not gonna we're not gonna waste any time here. Let's jump right in. And I hope you got your notebook so you can take some notes because we're gonna start with the formal reviews, right? So your company, your organization actually has a process in place. They um are, you know, sitting down with you, schedule a time to have formal reviews. I can tell you, I can think about my formal reviews that I've had, and I've had some great ones, like super stellar, amazing. Walked out of there, felt very accomplished that I was in the driver's seat. I've also had some performance reviews not so great, and not that I um, wasn't doing well, not that I wasn't really performing well, but the performance review didn't go great because I wasn't in the driver's seat, and I didn't really understand how I could leverage that performance review for my own growth and advancement. So I left feeling like I just got a whole bunch of feedback and check marks, and you know, telling me things that I already knew, versus really feeling fulfilled and like, wow, I really accomplished something today with this review and I'm set up for the next year or I'm set up for the next level. Right. And then I'll be honest with you. I've had a review that wasn't too hot and it really opened my eyes on how I was performing. I thought I was doing an amazing, a stellar job. And I got a real gut check, a real, real check on you're doing well, but and that doing well, but like for us achievers, guys, those of us who are constantly looking to get to the next level, you know, we want to perform, we want to do well. When you hear a sentence like, you know, Tarika you're, you're really doing a great job, but that butt can like hit you in the throat. <laughs> it can just like hit you in the throat. And I, I tell you, I, I never had another bad review after that because it helped me be very aware and self-awareness is huge when it comes to performance because you have to be keenly aware, not only just about how you think you're performing, but how do others perceive that you're performing? And that's what's huge. You can say, I know, I'm a, I know I'm a good employee. I know I'm doing a great job. I know I'm delivering value. But where are the receipts for that, right? Where, Where is the actual proof? Where have you been able to show that someone else on the other end of the of your performance, right, being impacted by your performance, can attest to the same thing? And that's where it it really is so critical that you have this self-awareness. And that's what I didn't have. You know, I was I was younger, I would say, or earlier in my career. And I just thought that I was just amazing. You couldn't touch me. I was doing great things. (laughs) And I had a little self-check. I'm telling you guys, it was like somebody hit me in my throat. I needed water and everything because I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I thought I was doing an amazing job. But I wasn't being aware and I wasn't really looking at how My perceived greatness and like my perceived how well I was doing in my job, right? I wasn't checking to make sure that that was actually the impact on the other side. And that's so incredibly important. Okay. So let's jump into these first two. The first one is collect accomplishments. And, you know, we've talked about this several times before in other episodes that it is incredibly important that you are actually keeping an inventory of everything that you accomplish everything that you accomplish. I don't care how big, how small, if it is an accomplishment, if it yields a win for you as an individual, for your team, for your company, and you've been at the helm of that, you've been leading that effort, you've been um, very important in ensuring that it, it, it comes to pass, right? You need to document that. And again, this could be on a sheet of paper, You could write this in your journal. If you're um, doing a career journal, you could even, you know, just keep a running Word document. But I need you to keep an inventory of your accomplishments. Why? Because at some point, as you're getting ready to prepare for this year-end performance review, we've got to go back to that list. And remember how I was saying before we got started that you want to pull out and highlight those accomplishments that have had the greatest impact, meaning they are directly impacting and or in alignment with your company's strategic plan or their core values or their goals, uh, their Q1 goals, whatever it may be, you want to have a list to pull from. And it's difficult to keep track of that all in your head. It is. It's difficult to keep track of that. And so you want to. The other reason why you want to have those accomplishments and, you know, as To no surprise, but also, you know, you've probably been under a rock if you haven't heard of the Great Resignation. The Great Resignation is happening across the country, and you might be in a position where you're ready for a career shift or a career change. And employees right now, you know how people talk about uh, buying homes and they will say, oh, it's a seller's market or a buyer's market? Let me tell you right now, right now, it is a seller's market. It is a seller's market. You have incredible opportunity to position yourself and to sell value, to sell value and choose, quite frankly, where you wanna go. And that may sound incredibly ambitious, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm all about ambition. Ambition is not bad. People will will kind of make you feel like, oh my gosh, she's so ambitious. Yep, you're sure right, because I know what I want. I know what I want, I know what I want, how I'm going to get there, right? What are the strategies that I need to get there? And what's the ultimate goal? What's the ultimate vision that I want to see at the end? So there's nothing wrong with ambition. Be, be very clear about that. There's nothing wrong with it when the intent behind it is, is, is right. And so if you can have that type of confidence in this season, wow, you can position yourself in amazing ways. But how can you position yourself if you don't have a good list of your accomplishments? Like when you're ready to have a conversation and do the pitch, right? Whether if you're interviewing or you're having a conversation about a promotion or negotiating salary, how in the world can you do that if you don't have a good inventory of your accomplishments to the topic at hand? We're talking about end of your performance reviews. This is a two-way conversation. Well, what is it that you're going to talk about? How are you going to speak and advocate for yourself in this meeting if you can't even speak to the accomplishments that you've made? So if you've not made that list, it's okay. It's okay. You've lost a couple of months. Well, almost, you know, a full year, depending on how long you've waited, but that is okay. Do it now. Do it now. I need you to take the time to document your accomplishments. Document, have that inventory of all the things you've accomplished, big or small. Okay? All right. That's that's number one. I know we're already starting off with homework, but that's number one. We got to get that done. We got to get that done. All right. Number two. I want you to review your current goals. So in the, those formal reviews, a lot of times in the system, you had to set up uh, actual goals, performance goals, right? So professional goals. And then sometimes they'll say, oh, put some professional development or career development goals in there, right? I want you to review those goals. And when you're reviewing those goals, here's the three things I want you to to. Make sure that you are assessing for each one of the goals. And typically what? It's like four or five. I don't know. Some of us, you know, we get big and bad. We do like six. (laughs) But um, here are the things I want you to think about. And And I want you to document with those goals. Number one, did you achieve it? If you had four to five goals that were in the platform, did you achieve those goals? Number two, I want you to also assess, did you exceed them? Okay. So did you achieve them? And and let me say this, when you're looking at, did you achieve them? I want you to think about like, what was the result of the achievement? Okay. And then number two, did you exceed them? So did you, you know, hit the mark, but maybe you exceeded it by X percent. Did you, you know, hit the mark, but perhaps you were also able to expand and achieve X, whatever that might be. And then the last one, number three, I want you to think about how how were you able to achieve this goal? How were you able to exceed this goal? And give very concrete examples. So this is setting up for that two-way conversation, right? This is this is where it is. Because oftentimes you may not have the conversation throughout the year on your how. Your managers or supervisors, you know, leadership, they see the end result and they know that it was a task or a project or a goal that was set forth for you. But they see the end result of you achieving it. What they don't see, what they may be not, what they might not have actual insight into is your how. And that's where the value is. Because when you are able to take something from planning to all the way through the stages to execution and evaluation, and however you were able to strategically work through that. That's where the value is. That's where the gold is. That's where your sweet spot is. And that, that, my achievers, that is where we are going to shine. Because that is some of the things that you're going to talk about in this two-way conversation during this peer this um, period where you're getting a chance to talk about performance. Okay? Because this is a period. It is a moment in time. And I want you to be very strategic about this moment in time in which you get to have a two-way conversation about your performance, all right? So we're gonna take a really quick break and we're gonna come back and hit on uh, three more things that I wanna share with you. But again, accomplishments, you gotta know what they are. You have to have that inventory. And then I want you to review your goals and take yourself through those three questions, okay? We're gonna take a quick break. You maybe wanna do a little bit of that and just think back real quick, and then I'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. We're back. And I want to jump right in. You know, we're talking about how to prepare for end of year performance reviews. And we the first two are critical. They lay the foundation. And it's understanding your accomplishments, right? Collecting your accomplishments. The second one we talked about was reviewing the goals. So whatever goals were set for the previous year, right, that you're being evaluated on in this end of year performance review i want you to take a look at those before the review let's be clear like let's not do this day of right <laughs> you got to do this ahead of time and i want you to take a look at those goals and actually i recommend you looking at these goals that especially those formalized goals that you have set with your supervisor that you're looking at those at least once a quarter at least once a quarter and when you're looking at them it's not just like going into the system and peeking to see if anybody made any notes <laughs> it's you taking a look and saying okay did i achieve this yet right? Did I exceed this goal? And if whatever the answer is around it, how? Because the how is where the magic is, right? How and then what are examples of your how? Because that's how you're being strategic. That's how you're being a critical thinker. That's how you're applying your professional DNA, right? Your defined natural ability to succeed, how you're leveraging your creativity, how you're leveraging your humor, how you're leveraging your ability to be a good project manager or a Active listener, whatever it may be, whatever your kind of um professional DNA is, right? Whatever those attributes, those traits are that are unique to you, because nobody can do you like you, right? So they're unique to you, and that you're able to leverage them to succeed. You're able to leverage them to rise above and ascend in your career. So I want you to do those two. All right. Number three, number three. It this is a big one because now we're talking about moving forward, right? Now we're talking about. How do we think about in this conversation, in this two-way conversation, we've got a plan for the next year, right? And so I want you to think about setting new goals. And setting new goals is something that doesn't just happen in the performance review. Setting new goals should be happening, you know, over a period of time, and at least I would say four to six months before the review is happening. Why? Because setting these goals, these new goals should be something that you're not just doing independently. Yes, you're thinking about them and you're trying to, you know, you're seeing the progress that you've made. I would say mid-year is a really great time to start, you know, thinking through this. But you're looking at the progress that you've made and you should already be thinking about what's next, right? Already be thinking about what's next. I also want you to engage your supervisor and your, or your manager, your leadership team, you know, whoever is in a position to evaluate your performance, I want you to start thinking about how do you engage them in this goal setting process before you even get to the performance review? Why? Why? You know, like, Trika, why do I want to talk to them now? You want to talk to individuals now because one, it's also an opportunity for you to demonstrate that you are clearly conquering and slaying the current goals that you're already thinking about what's to come. And it's showing them that you are looking for growth. It's showing them that you're looking for upward mobility, right? Upward mobility. And so I want you to identify ways in which to do that. It could be in your one-on-one meetings, right? Or touch bases that you have with your manager or supervisor. It could be a meeting that you schedule and you, you know, want to kind of get the pregame, if you will, before the actual, peer the um, review itself and perhaps you want to sit down and say hey you know, I want to do a check-in on my goals that I've got set for this year I know our year-end performance reviews are not until you know December or January whatever your company does them but I'd love to just kind of touch base on you and, and let you know the progress that I feel like I'm making and get any feedback from you on you know how you think I can Improve or kind of excel maybe a bit more in these goals. You know, just get in a sense of, of of your feedback as well. And when you do that, you're opening up a conversation for feedback, but you're also opening up the doorway to growth because you're demonstrating that you're already looking to do more already. Okay. So I want you to do that. I want you to set your new goals. When you think about setting your new goals, think about you know what skills do you want to increase or improve. Um, what new skills do you want to learn, right? What new responsibilities do you want to take on, right? If, if, especially as we're talking about growth and upward mobility, right? Moving upward. What types of new responsibilities might you want to take on? What projects um, are you looking to, you know, take on? What projects are you really passionate about and really interested in getting involved in? Where do you need to grow? Where do you need to grow? Or if you're strong in some areas, are there opportunities to kind of strengthen those muscles, right? Strengthen those areas. I don't like to say what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses because I don't like the word weakness. I feel like it has such a negative connotation to it. I want you to think about how you can um, look at areas for growth, areas that need improvement. But let's not call them weaknesses. They're just areas that need more attention, Right. They're are areas that you need to put a little bit more focus in so that you can see them as a strength, right? You can see them as this, this muscle that you are going to be able to constantly strengthen and grow. I also want you to think about, you know, what's your next strategic move? So as you're thinking about new goals, at the same time, you've also got to think about what's the next strategic move. Where do you want to be in the next one to three years? Where do you want to be in the next six months? Right? And, and hopefully you've got a career strategy that helps you with that already. If you don't, if you don't have a plan, you don't have a career strategy, it's critical that you get one. And I work with my clients to develop career strategies that are inclusive and that are comprehensive and that achieve harmony. Because here's the thing, if you could focus work, 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 work all things. But I'm telling you right now, that's not going to achieve the harmony that you want in overall life. Your personal and your professional worlds need to not be two separate worlds. They need to be able to coexist in a harmonious way. So I actually don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life harmony because you need to be able to be present in whichever space that you're in, but you should be able to harmoniously have both of those exist. So I want you to think about that career strategy. And if you don't have one, let's connect. Let's connect. I want you to go. You can go to yourpdna.com. You can book a discovery call there. You can follow me on Instagram. Hopefully you already are. Professional underscore DNA. Click right there in the bio and let's get on the let's get on the phone. Let's have a conversation. Let's do a discovery call and let's talk about where you are, where you want to be, where you want to go. And then let's talk about how to actually get you to a place where you have A career strategy and a career strategy, again, that is comprehensive and inclusive because it's it's including, right? We're thinking about the harmonious coexisting of your personal life, right? Family and all, and your career because you can be an ambitious career woman, you can be an ambitious career man and be a working parent or just having, you know, family, and those things can coexist together in a harmonious way, to where they're not in competition with one another, and you don't feel like you're failing at one to achieve in the other, right? So let's talk, let's talk, let's go on discovery call, let's have a conversation, because I'd love to help you get set up for success in that area, because we've got to have a career strategy in place. And as your career mindset strategist, I'm telling you, that is the way for you to be able to really grow and advance in your career, is that we've got to do so strategically, all right? So again, as a part of this This number three, setting new goals, a part of that is knowing what's the next strategic move, right? And then also, how do you position yourself in this performance review for that move? So if you know that here's a year-end performance review, we're going to have a conversation about all the things I've accomplished, all the things that are coming up next, and then you want to move to another level, okay, well, let's have that conversation. Or you're, you're maybe looking to stay in that same position, but you're looking for a salary increase. Okay, let's have that conversation. So I'll tell you something. Um, I remember when I was operating as a deputy director, and in my time, you know, I came into this role, and I believed that I delivered an incredible amount of value, and, and I did. And I was constantly getting great feedback, great feedback from senior leadership, um, CEO all the way down on all the great things that were happening, uh, things that I was uh, doing well, shifts that they were seeing, et etc. But it was time to have a conversation about compensation. It was time for me. I felt like if I was demonstrating this level of value and I see the receipts myself, you company are also seeing them. Well, let's have a conversation about compensation. But the only way I was able to have that conversation is one, I knew what I had accomplished and I could speak to it. Right. Number two, I also knew that there were some areas that I wanted to grow in, there were some areas that I wanted to. Uh, strengthen that we're going to directly impact the company, right? And this was about the time, to be honest with you, this was about the time when I was shifting into a true project management space and looking to get my PMP. And I was able to position myself and have conversations and show where I've already demonstrated value that I also wanted to get my PMP. At that point, I also felt like need to have a conversation about compensation. And so I was able to achieve both. I was able to demonstrate and talk about what impacts I've been able to have, the value I've been able to demonstrate in my role, the improvements that I've been able to see, the client satisfaction that I've been able to achieve, and gave very clear examples and felt that in that moment, um, I was looking for a percentage increase in compensation. I was able to achieve that only because I was able to articulate value right so i've been demonstrating it the whole year but i was able to articulate it very well and it was documented the second half of that is that i also wanted to grow and so it's like at the same time i'm looking to leverage professional development but also advance, right? So upward mobility isn't always about the increase in pay. It's not always about the money, guys. It's also about leveraging other benefits that your company has. And so my company did have a professional development uh, resource and benefit. And I was able to leverage that and took the time to pursue my PNP and actually got it and got it. And my company paid for it 100%. 100%. So I, but all of this happened as a part my performance review, my one of my new goals was for me to become a certified project management professional, right, for me to get my PMP, it was a goal. And so that goal already showed my supervisor, it already showed leadership that I was looking to grow, right. But I was also looking to add value to the company because of how value valuable it was for them to have PMPs as a part of their organization. So you see how the goal in that case, it actually achieved two things. One, it was an alignment with something that was incredibly valuable to the company, but also it was alignment for me for something that was incredib- incredibly valuable for my growth, right? For my growth as a professional. So that's that's why you've got to take the time and you can't just do this the night before. You've got to take the time to get ready for your um, end of your performance review and, and really think through these pieces, Okay. The next one, next one. All right. So that was number three, which was set new goals, but there's a lot of pieces we unpacked in that. All right. Number four is I want you to plan to ask for at least one thing. You've got to self-advocate for yourself. Nobody wakes up self-advocating for you. You've got to self-advocate for yourself. And I know that can be difficult sometimes. I want you to have in your mind that you're going to go in and ask for one thing. That one thing if warranted, could be a raise in a promotion. That one thing could be you taking on a significant project or taking on a new role um, in a particular project that is a bit of a step up from where you are right now. Perhaps you are asking for use of professional development funds so that you can grow in X skills that are going to be able to bring X value to the company and of course for yourself. But I want you to plan to at least ask for one thing. Guys, you should never go into a performance review not being prepared with an ask. We're not looking to stay at the status quo and leaders and managers and supervisors and organizations are looking for employees who don't just wanna stay at the status quo. So I want you to go in with an ask. Don't start with the ask. Don't go in blazing. And before you guys even talk about performance, and you talk about your accomplishments and your how that you go in asking for asking for something, right? Let's let's set that thing up correctly. Let's have the conversation. Let there be two way conversation. You know, the power of reading the room is amazing. And then you know when you need to insert that ask. And a lot of times it's towards the end of a performance review after you've wowed them with this incredible discussion about your performance. Okay. So plan to ask for at least one thing. And then the last thing, the last thing is that be ready for feedback. Be ready for feedback. And again, I told you about my my experience. The one time that I thought that, again, I was rocking it. I was doing all of the things great and wonderful. And I got kicked in the throat with the, the us you're doing well, but. That but is harsh, right? I want you to be ready for feedback because feedback is opportunity. When you get feedback, especially when it's good constructive feedback, it's a place for you to sit, reflect. And then identify the opportunity in that feedback. Because a lot of times that constructive feedback from management, from leadership, comes with an open door to address the feedback. And especially when you you know the feedback is valid, right? You know the feedback is tried and true. You want to be able to have a conversation in the next three months, you know, if we get past your year in review, three months have passed or even six months have passed where you have addressed the feedback that's been given to you and have applied whatever's needed to be applied so that you can show growth in that space, right? So there's an immediate action that's taken and that will be honored and also well respected from those that gave you the feedback in the first place, right? It shows that you know how to take and apply right to accept and apply so i want you to be ready for feedback don't get knocked knocked off the rocker if someone you know your manager or someone on the management team is in your year in review and they're giving you feedback and you're like wait a minute what like let's be cognizant of our body language of our tone because again you're in a performance review and i can't tell you guys i have heard people who have shared with me like oh no my performance review they were telling me a b c and d and i had to tell them wait a minute that is not how it happened. And I'm like, whoa, pause, timeout. <laughs> That's not how you respond in a performance review. That performance review is like you're in surgery and it's the most sterile environment possible. And when you start pouring in negativity, you make it incredibly toxic and infectious very quickly. And it is hard to take those moments back. So we have to be incredibly mindful about how we receive and hear feedback. I'm not telling you you have to apply it all. I'm not even saying that you have to agree with it all, but you have to be mindful about how you receive it. And that's just not you listening, but that's also your body language and the conversation that you have about that feedback. You have got to be incredibly careful. Again, I do want you to self-advocate for yourself. And if something seems completely left or completely wrong, then And you say, well, can you expand upon that a bit? Or can you give me an example in where this has happened? That way, you are getting greater clarity on where the source of that feedback is. Now, red flags might start to go up if nobody can give you concrete examples of when these things have happened. Then perhaps that's feedback that you just kind of take, but don't accept. There's a difference between taking feedback, right? Because you're listening, so you're taking it in versus accepting the feedback and applying it. Two completely different things. And so sometimes you may have to accept and say, okay, well, I'll I'll definitely keep that in mind moving forward. Or you may say, you know, I, I can see maybe where you're coming from. I've got a little bit of a different perspective, but I really thank you for this feedback. So that you're showing that I, I hear you. I just might not be applying what you're saying, but you have got to be incredibly selective and in, in choose your words carefully. Because again, it's like being in this OR. It's like being in this sterile, clean environment. And every single move that you make has got to be surgical and strategic. And the moment you start to spew in negativity, that is just infectious. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get nasty. And it's going to be ugly and nasty for you. Because you're the one with the big cut down the center of your chest right now, opened up to the world, right? And you want to leave there full and feeling fulfilled and ready to grow and, and advance to that next level, you don't wanna leave out of there feeling icky and unsure and putting you in a place of lack of clarity on what's next for you, okay? All right, so we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk specifically about those of you that have don't have, you don't have a formalized process for peer reviews in your company and what do you do with that? What do you do with that? How how can you actually create one for yourself? All right, so we'll be right back. All right, achievers, we're back, and it's time to talk to those of you who your company or organization actually doesn't have a structured process for peer reviews. And I'm telling you, actually, there's several that don't. Um, I Work worked for several companies, several organizations that actually do not have a formal peer review process, and they have other structures. So they may have um, spot-on bonuses, right, and opportunities where they are uh, rewarding or acknowledging performance via some type of a bonus structure, um, and they just don't do annual annual reviews. They really like to give feedback over the course of the year, and they like to reward performance in bonus structure style, right? So there's a lot. There are some companies that just don't do it at all. And there's, there's really not a way unless you create the opportunity. So I wanna talk to you about that because just because there's not a structured formal process or mechanism and way for the company to provide you with a performance review does not mean that you shouldn't have an annual performance review. And you may say, Tariqa, well, my company doesn't do one. Like, they've never done them. Okay, that's fine. But you do. And if you haven't done one, you're going to start doing it. Because year after year, 12-month cycle after 12-month cycle, you have to be able to be in a position to where you can talk about your performance. If not, how else do you formally document and have formal conversations about your growth? How do you do that? And perhaps you found a magical way. And if so, I'd love to hear about it. Please tell me, send me a DM on Instagram, professional underscore DNA. Send me an email, info at yourprofessionaldna.com. I would love to know if you found out another way to do it. But I'm gonna tell you right now that when you don't have a formal process in place, that actually means that your year in performance review actually shifts to just an annual year around an annual year-round performance review. And so you've got a little bit of a different structure and you are driving. You are the foreman of all of this work because you are going to have to identify moments in time throughout the year to ensure that you're having conversations about your accomplishments and you're having conversations about your overall performance. So you're creating that environment. So let's take you through a couple of steps, right? Again, just like the ones that we talked about, but with a little bit of a different twist because you're now gonna have to create these opportunities, okay? So the very first thing is number one, we talked about collecting your accomplishments. So that's tried and true regardless. Regardless if there's a formal process in place or not, you have got to take inventory and collect your accomplishments. So I'm not gonna dig into that because you already know what to do review your current goals. So whatever your goals that you have set, and here's where the difference is, because you likely did not set these goals with your manager and or supervisor, but that changes now. I want you to review your current goals that you have. And then I want you to share those current goals, your professional goals. I want you to share those with your manager, with your supervisor. And I want you to identify, set up a meeting, set up a meeting Um, You know, I'm not sure if you're in the office or you're virtual, you know, the relationship that you have with your leadership, you know, the relationship you have with your manager. Is it a pop by the office? Is it sending a team's message? Is it sending an email? Like, think about the relationship and their communication style and how you can best communicate with them to say, let's call said supervisor today is going to be Michelle. Let's just say it's Michelle. So we're going to say, hey, Michelle, I'd really like to schedule some time with you to talk. I'd you know, like to schedule some time with you to talk about my current um, goals that I've set and how I'd love to learn more about uh, best ways to uh, continue to grow in this role. And I'm looking to set goals for the upcoming year. Like you can kind of have that type of conversation. Again, it depends on your relationship. That one is a little less um, formal. But it just depends on the relationship that you have. I like to build very personal relationships with my leadership and my supervisors and so I can get to that type of conversation. However, if you don't have that type of relationship, it should probably be a little bit more formal. And that more formal looks a little bit like this. You'd say, hi, Michelle. You know, oh, Tariqa, it's me, right? So, um, hi, Michelle. I would love to connect with you um, when you have some time this week to talk about my current career goals. Period, because it's formal. It's to the point. Sign, you know, best, Tarika, sincerely, Tarika. However, you close out your communication within your company, your organization, you know, whatever that is for you. But it's clear to the point, right? You're letting your manager know straight up. I want to talk to you about my career goals, and they know right now, right when you're communicating that, what the tone of the conversation is going to be. Okay. Um, the other way, third way, I'll give you is especially if you have. Um, uh, opportunities to do kind of pop buys in the office. If you're back in the office now that you can just pop by and kind of knock on the door. Hey, Michelle, how are you? Hope you're having a good day. Yeah, I was wondering, do you have some time on the calendar this week or next week to uh, talk about a couple of things? I just want to talk about like how I'm doing right now and some ideas I have for next year. Right. So pick and choose from those conversations based on the relationships and the culture and environment that you're in. But at the end of the day, you now have to create the opportunity to review your current goals and create the opportunity to do what? The next one, which is set your new goals. Right. So in the conversation in which Michelle's going to accept, she goes, absolutely, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You know, let's uh, find some time on the calendar. Okay. Or she may send you to her assistant whatever it may be, to find some time on the calendar, you're gonna be prepared to do two things. You're gonna be prepared to talk about the current goals that you set for yourself and then introduce a conversation about setting goals for the future, right? Setting new goals. And once you've been able to do this, you have now introduced to your supervisor, to your leadership, that not only do you have goals, right? But also you have goals that are in alignment with the company's goals and core missions and their values you have goals that are supporting your growth right and learning new skills or taking on new projects like it is this type of communication is a way to almost like be your own personal billboard to say hey i'm ready to grow hey I'm I'm working hard, but let me actually be a little bit more strategic about letting you know what's actually happening and what I'd love to be able to do in the future. So you're going to be in a position to create. When you don't have a structured annual performance review, you're going to be in a position to create. This is also why building relationships within the company is so critical. You have to have relationships with your colleagues and whoever you work with. That's great. But you also have to build a relationship with your supervisor and your manager. It's important. And I'm not saying that y'all have to be besties and be friends. All of us are not so lucky to, have to be able to do that. Right. You, you, and, and I'm going to say, and a lot of times it's really not even a great idea, <laughs> but, um, you know, to, to each its own. And as you're building those relationships, but you want to have a great relationship with your manager. And when I define great rela- relationship, I mean that you can actually have conversations with them right? You are informing them of your goals and you're able to talk about as you're achieving those goals. And then in open forms, whether they're in staff meetings, team meetings, what have you, you are asserting yourself in a way to where it's very clear that you're acting on those goals, right? But your manager, your supervisor is not even going to be aware of that that's a goal of yours and to see that you're acting on it if you don't have a conversation. And because if you don't have that structured, System, that structured process for a performance review, you're going to have to do this stuff year round. You're going to have to identify moments in time to have these types of conversations because you don't have that identified period or that identified time to do so. Is that making sense? I hope that you are uh, checking along with that. It's a little bit harder work, but you're in the driver's seat on this one and it, you can really position yourself to really advance. Seriously, you really could because you're in the driver's seat here and it's you design what you want that to look like. What do you want your year-round performance review, right? So you're in performance review for those of us that have a structured system, year-round performance review for those of you who don't. You have you get to drive and see what that looks like. The next thing I want you to do, um, and again, all the things I'm talking about setting new goals, all of that applies. All of that applies. Everything that we talked about before actually applies, okay? The next thing is the plan to ask for one thing. So this applies to you as well, but because you're having to create this process, you need to spread your process out over time. So this is where I want you to really plan what does your year-round review look like? Are you doing quarterly interactions? Are you doing monthly interactions? You're going to know what best meets your supervisor and leaderships, what meets their style, what meets their temperament, what meets their calendar and their availability. But you're going to have to do these things over time. You can't throw everything at them in one sitting, right? Because they don't have structured performance reviews. So you're going to have to strategically place these throughout the year. And this is another reason why a career strategy is so important, because as a part of that strategy, you're going to pinpoint these milestones. We're going to place and say, where are we going to have these conversations, right? Here's the growth and the and the goals that you have, the, go- the growth that you're wanting to achieve, the goals that you have uh, put in place and the actions to do them. Okay, great. At what moment in time throughout the year am I going to do a touch base and check in with my leadership, with my manager or supervisor on this progress? So that's all a part of the career strategy, okay? That's why it's so critical that you have one. And I want to help you with that if, if you don't, okay? I'm, I'm here to do that with you. All right, the last one is be ready for feedback. This one can really be, this one can really be tough. Especially in companies that don't have the performance review structure, because you could ask for feedback in these identified times that you have and just be rocked because that manager, you know, they're struggling. They may be struggling with trying to find ways to give you ongoing feedback and they might just dump. Like you may get, you know, three, four months, five months worth of feedback dumped on you because they have not really found an. A, a way to give you that feedback over time. So you just got to be mindful that in this situation where you are having to create your year round review, you may get dumps of feedback. And it's not, it's not because of you. It's just because that manager, maybe they just don't have something put in place for themselves so that they can constantly give their employees feedback. So don't take it personal if they have a ton of things to say. Think of it as like it was a buildup and you helped unstop the plug. <laughs> like, right? Like, you helped unstop the seat so that everything could just come flowing out. All right. So, the last one, and this is where for my year round performance review, folks, okay? You don't have that structured system. This is where there's a big difference. And this is where I really want you to stretch yourself. So with the performance reviews, when you have a system in place, there's typically a platform, you're going in, you're doing a self-assessment, you're doing a um, some type of tool and you're, you know, rating yourself on how you're how you've been doing. And then your manager sees that, you guys talk about it, et cetera. I want you to challenge yourself to actually keep a log of your performance and, and the goals that you've done over the period of time, right? So over the year, as you're working through. I do want you to keep a log. And this one, I actually want you to have a conversation at the end of the year. And I want you to schedule a time to talk with your supervisor, talk with your leadership, talk with your manager about the year. So this can just be your yearly touch base, right? Your annual touch base. And it's an opportunity for you to drive this two-way conversation that would be happening if there was actually a year in review except you're gonna come in and say, you know, here are the goals that we had talked about earlier this year. And I wanted to touch base and let you know know, where we landed. And you're saying where we landed because that manager was a part of that process, right? We know you did the work. We know you worked with teammates and things of that nature. But you want this to be an inclusive conversation in two way because managers also benefit from the performance of their employees. If you are performing well, your manager looks good. If you are meeting deliverables, knocking out projects and tasks, You know, leading teams, whatever it is your role is within the company or organization, that manager looks great because their job is not to be the doer, right? Their job is to be the delegator. They're not in the weeds. And if they are effectively leading and delegating to teams, that is a positive reflection on them. So you are doing a dual service here and they don't even know it, right? It's another way to demonstrate value. It's another way to demonstrate value. So I want you to schedule that time, and I want you to really design and create your own annual review. It's, you're not calling it an annual review. It, it literally it's an annual touch base. It's a you know once a year connection on you know where what's been accomplished in this year, or you know where. I've kind of come from, from last year to this year, again, you got to know your manager, you got to know your leadership, you got to know the language and conversation you need to have. But what I'm telling you right now is I want you to stretch yourself. If you don't have these moments in time, I want you to create them, strategically create them, and they should build up over the year. And that is how you have a year round performance review, because you're driving this review, right? In this, in this instance, because there's not a, a actual formal process. I hope that's helpful for you, especially if you don't have that process in place, because you should always have an annual review. You should be reviewing for yourself personally, but you should always have an annual review of your performance and to have that check that in with leadership and management on how you're doing. And when it's not formalized, so what? We're going to create it because you need it so that you can continue to grow and advance in your career. All right, guys, I hope this was super helpful. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back. All right, guys, I hope that was helpful. You know, you're in performance reviews. I get it it can be a challenge, especially when there is no formal process in your company and you know that they're valuable, but how do you get it done? So today, you know, we talked about really important strategies that you can use regardless if there is a process in place or not. Because year-end performance reviews are not just for your company, they're not just for HR, they're for you. It's an incredible opportunity for you to communicate with your leadership, with your manager, and talk about your career goals, talk about your accomplishments, communicate value, and position yourself for upward mobility. And when I talk about upward mobility, mobility, I mean position yourself for growth, position yourself for the raise, for the promotion, that's what these amazing opportunities are let's not look at performance reviews as a daunting task let's reframe it and really look at it as an opportunity an opportunity for you so quick recap we talked about really important things that you need to do and i want you to think about these strategies so number one collecting your accomplishments that's got to be an ongoing ongoing thing that you're doing how are you doing at your goals how are you doing how are you performing over the course of the year and let's collect them make an inventory list of all the things that you've accomplished review your current goals and when you're reviewing them think about what did you achieve what did you exceed and how because the gold the nugget is in the how and being and giving examples of that how that's where you're showing how you've been able to demonstrate value and how you've been able to leverage your professional dna to do so nobody does it like you i'm telling you right now the next few are are really straightforward set new goals but it's not an exercise to do by yourself Use this as an opportunity to talk about new goals also with your manager and supervisor. What new skills, what new responsibilities do you want to take on? What projects are you passionate about that you want to do more of? Where do you need to grow, right? Take that word weakness and let's throw that out of our vocabulary. Where do you need to grow? Where are there opportunities to grow? Where do you need to strengthen some of your existing muscles? Where do you want to be in the next one to three years, right? Strategy, you need a career strategy to really navigate this profession journey and advancing your career plan to ask for at least one thing self-advocate for yourself don't just go in there and have a one-way conversation have a two-way conversation that also includes you asking for at least one thing and then be ready for feedback Again, two-way conversation, but be ready because the feedback you re- receive might not necessarily be what you were expecting. And so I want you to be ready for it so that you can receive it, you can hear it, and you can learn. Do you just need to hear it and receive it and acknowledge, or you need to hear, receive, acknowledge, and actually take a step, right? Take an action and apply it. Gotta be mindful of those things. And then to add on, for those of you who do not have a formal structure, I want you to do your own. I want you to have your own year-around, not year-end, year-around performance review where you are identifying what are the moments in time, the milestones along the year where you're creating opportunities with your leadership and your managers to have conversations about your goals, about your progress and your performance. And then at the end of the year, you're establishing a conversation to say, you want to talk about you know, how this past year went. And how things are going and what you're looking forward to in the future. And position yourself in that opportunity to go through those accomplishments, talk about how you've been able to um, demonstrate value, highlight those accomplishments that really speak to and align with your company's goals and your company's strategic plans and the things that they're wanting to accomplish so that you can position yourself to say, and because I've been able to accomplish X, Y, and Z, I really like to talk about what's next. I really like to talk about, um, an increase in my salary, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, guys, you have everything inside of you to do this, right? You, your professional DNA. If when you leverage that, you have everything inside of you to be your best and unique self. You can literally kick But in your performance reviews, if you use these strategies and apply them and start doing it now, don't wait until the day before your your review. Start doing it now. I can't wait to hear from you. Let me know how this episode was helpful for you. Follow me on Instagram, professional underscore DNA. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Info at yourprofessionaldna.com. Until next week, have a great week, guys.